the contrast between light and dark is nothing new. Generally speaking, we associate light with what is good and the darkness with what is bad. We typically don't like the dark. Dark nights, dark alleys, dark rooms, movies or books that have an eerie way about them, we, we call them dark or troubling. We speak of dark seasons, those times in life when despair is pressing in around us. Darkness brings insecurity, apprehension, disquiet. When darkness falls, we're less likely to venture into unknown areas, into uh, to walk unknown streets, for example. If after dark, we receive an unexpected knock at the door, we're a bit more cautious to answer it. This contrast between light and dark is therefore very familiar to us, and it's one that Jesus highlights in our verse this morning. One of the unique features of John's Gospel is the inclusion of, of the seven I am's of Christ. Seven times in this Gospel, Jesus uses specific metaphors to describe who He is. I am the bread of life. Chapter 6, verse 35. I am the door. Chapter 10, verse 7. I am the good shepherd. Chapter 10, verse 11. I am the resurrection and the life. Chapter 11, verse 25. I am the way and the truth and the life. Chapter 14, verse 6. I am the true vine. Chapter 15, verse 1. And this morning, the second of these great I am sayings, I am the light of the world. These are tremendous Christological statements, meaning they each reveal something about the person, nature, and role of Christ. Each is packed with meaning and implication. Each presents a specific facet of Christ and calls us to faith in Christ. For instance, today's statement comes to us in two parts. We have the claim of Christ, right? I am the light of the world followed by the promise of Christ. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So today, I just want us to consider this statement. I want us, I want us to hear it in its plain and powerful form. I want us to consider Christ's claim first, and then ponder Christ's promise. What does it mean? that Jesus is the light of the world, and how, how does it affect us? And my working answer is this. 
Because Christ has come into our world. We need not fear the dark of death, but rather follow the light of life. So let's consider first the claim of Christ. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the light. Not simply a light, but, but the light. Not one light among many, but the one source of all light. According to 1 John chapter 1, which we read earlier, He is the true light. That word true in that context means primary or original or genuine. That is, Jesus Christ is the real deal. He is the one true light of the world. The Bible says that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. Therefore, the light of Christ is the light of God. It is the light of the glory of God. In the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the light of Christ is a revelation from God. Just as God's Word, just as God's Word is, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, so is Jesus the Word who reveals God to us, who reveals God's will and God's way. And the light of Christ is the light of the presence of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He entered our plight. And now catch this. The psalmist says, very familiar words, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The light of Christ is there, even in the valleys of life. For how can there be shadows, right? How can there be the shadow of death if there is not light? Without light, there are no shadows. Without light, there is only utter darkness. So even when death and despair loom large, the Lord our Shepherd is there, Christ with you, piercing the darkness with the light of God's presence. Didn't Jesus show Himself to be the light when He was born? And the night sky lit up with the glory of God? Didn't He show Himself to be the light as He grew and as the favor of God was upon Him? Didn't He show Himself to be the light at His baptism as the heavens opened and the Spirit descended and God said, This is My beloved Son, 
with whom I am well pleased. Didn't he show himself to be the light as he began his public ministry? Did not his preaching and teaching bring out the brilliance of divine truth? Were not his many miracles and like, they were like radiant displays of divine healing? Was not his life the light of divine love? Didn't Jesus show Himself to be the light even in His death? Sure, the noonday sun went dark as He hung on that cruel cross and gave His life in atonement for sin. And yet to this day, the cross of Christ is a divine lighthouse that, that throws its saving beams across the seas of every age. Didn't Jesus show Himself to be the light in His resurrection from the dead? For the grave could not keep Him. And even now, even today, even in this very moment, does not Jesus show Himself to be the light of God ascended to heaven, reigning from on high, interceding for His people, soon to return in glory? Well, others in history may have appeared to be enlightened at times. Philosophers, religious leaders, scientists, great world leaders. But these so-called lights, they flicker for but a moment and they are no more. As one philosophy is replaced by another, one scientific discovery is disproved by another, one world leader is overtaken by another, though they claim to have light, each of these small sparks is extinguished by the next, but not Christ. No, the light of Christ shines forever. And Jesus doesn't need to point to light or bring us to another source of light. No, He is light. The one true light of the world. And notice when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, He is speaking in the present tense. Not I was or I will be but I am. If history's great men or women were alive today, they could only say I was because they are no more. And if the great men and women of the future could somehow speak today, they could only say I will be because they have yet to be. But Jesus is altogether unique. He is God, the very Son of God, and He says to all people at all times, in all places, I am the light of the world. In times past, He was I am. In times future, He will be I am. And today, in this present moment, He is I am. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. Jesus is the light of the world. And His promise is this. That's His claim. And His promise is this. 
whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That Jesus even makes this statement means we live in darkness. The clear inference is that apart from Christ, you and I, we live in spiritual darkness and consequently in a very dark world. Just yesterday, I picked up the newspaper, which of course was really no different than any other day's paper. I read of arson and the King Fire and the devastated lives of local families. I read of computer hacking and security breaches as online thieves continue to loot others' identities and steal their hard-earned money. I read of warning shots fired from South Korea to North Korea. And elsewhere, I read of the continued stare-down with ISIS. I read of lockdown in Sierra Leone as that struggling nation tries to curb the fatal spread of the Ebola virus. Even news from the entertainment world is very dark these days. It's not uncommon to hear of movie and TV stars and their addictions, to hear of musicians and artists and their many vices, and lately to hear of athletes and their fall amidst charges of domestic violence and child abuse. And speaking of children, did you realize, I was reminded of this, that you realize that the Sacramento region is one of the nation's hot spots when it comes to human trafficking, including child prostitution. It's all very troubling, isn't it? It's all very unsettling. It can be very, very frightening in the dark. But we must realize that whatever darkness we face on the outside originates from darkness within. For it all speaks to our spiritual condition before God. It all speaks to our sin nature. It all speaks to a death of sorts, to spiritual death. And to those in darkness, to those in the dark of spiritual death, Jesus offers the promise of light and life. Whoever follows Me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Greek here is very emphatic, actually, as if Jesus is saying, by no means will you walk in darkness. As if He's saying, by all means, you will have the light of life. You will have light 
Light brings clarity and direction. Light brings healing and comfort. Light means security. Light means safety. Light means hope. And he's talking about a certain kind of light, right? He's talking about the light of life. And this word life is used 36 times in the Gospel of John. The verb form to live or to have life is used another 15 times. And so John is speaking of this kind of life on over 50 separate occasions in these 21 chapters. It's an average of over twice per chapter. It's very, very clear that he aims to drive home the point of new life in Christ who is the light of the world. The Bible, the Bible often speaks of this relationship between light and life. And so we have, for example, Job 33, 28. He has redeemed my soul from the pit and my life shall look upon the light. Or Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. In Psalm 36, 9, David says to the Lord, with you, he says, with you there is a fountain of life and in your light do we see light. In Psalm 56, verse 13, he says, for you have delivered my soul from death that I may walk before God in the light of life. And now Jesus likewise declares, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light is essential for life. In the beginning, at creation, darkness hung over the face of the deep, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, then God brought forth life. The same is true with new creation, with spiritual recreation, there is darkness, there's the darkness of sin and bondage to sin and death because of sin. There is separation from God. But by God's grace, the light of Christ shines forth and floods our darkened souls to bring new life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 puts it this way. When Paul compares creation to new creation, he says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has now shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the divine agent of creation and new creation. He who is the light of the world brings life to the world. And we're talking about new life in and with Christ. And so the message of the Christian Gospel is that whoever follows Christ receives the light of life. And if that is you this morning, 
then you can say with the Apostle Paul in Colossians 1, verse 13, He has delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred me to the kingdom of His beloved Son. You can say with the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, I am now part of a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession that I, yes, even I, may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called me out of darkness into His marvelous light. You can agree with the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9 when he says, when he wrote, I once walked in darkness but have now seen a great Jesus speaking about the kind of life that is marked by light and not darkness. Meaning that even though we may live in a dark world of spiritual death, or more personally, even, even if you, someone, any one of you, even if you are here today, having not known this life, having not seen this light, Even today, the light of Christ can flood your soul and you can have life in Him. But there's one condition according to this text. You must follow Christ. The light of life is not for everyone. Notice. It's only for those who follow Jesus. I'm struck by the word again. Right? That word again at the beginning of verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them. To whom? To whom was Jesus speaking? He was speaking to the crowd, right? To all the people in the crowd. So despite all all the opposition, the continual opposition, Jesus continued to shine beams of light and speak words of life again and again and again. What love, right? What a Savior. He calls out to them all. It's an open call to whomever will hear and heed His words. To follow? To follow is to believe. To follow is to trust. Right? We don't... Trust is essential. We won't... We won't follow those whom we cannot trust. 
So the call is to trust Jesus. To trust Him for salvation from sin and the dark of death. The call is to entrust yourself to Jesus to follow as He leads. So since Christ is the light of the world, maybe the question for each of us this morning is, in what ways am I responding to the light? Since Jesus Christ is the light of the world, how are you responding to the light? And may I suggest just two simple but, but all-encompassing applications that we are to walk in and shine forth the light of Christ. We are to walk in the light. In John chapter 12, Verse 35, 36, Jesus says, Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become children of light. And so again, to walk in the light of Christ is simply to trust and follow Christ. That's the whole point, isn't it? That's the central point that your life that my life, that our lives are reoriented around the person and purpose of Christ. No longer is He on the periphery. No longer is He at arm's length. No, He's at the center. He's on the throne. If we say we have fellowship with Him, while we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not practice the truth according to 1 John chapter 1. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Those wrestling with besetting sin and the guilt it brings need the light of Christ today. Those bearing the heavy weight of unmet expectations and unrealized dreams need the light of Christ today. Those tempted to turn from grace and trust in self need the light of Christ today. Yes, the light of Christ still shines upon our lives as bright as ever to free us from fear, insecurity, and despair and a whole host of, of, of imprisonments. Christians, Christians, Christians feeling lifeless and under dark skies today need the light of Christ. The light of Christ is for you too. And life in Christ is still yours. Maybe your praise of God has grown lifeless. Maybe your worship of God has grown cold. 
You just need to see again. And you need to believe again. And you need to trust again. And you need to follow him again. You need to be reminded that Christ has come into your dark world and he is the light of the world. You need again the all illuminating power of his life giving light. Will you go to Jesus today? Will you hear him? Will you speak with him? Will you turn from going your own way and follow him? Will you walk in the light of him who is the light? And then will you shine that light? Will you shine the light of Christ? You see, to, to follow Christ is to become like him. Let me say that again. To follow Christ is to become like him. This is by God's design that we become more and more like Jesus in our actions, in our manner of living. In fact, hear this. Jesus, the light of the world, actually says elsewhere that we are to be the light of the world. He says in Matthew chapter 5, you, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. And then he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works, so that they may see your good works, so that they may look at you and go, oh my goodness, look at the good works and glorify your God in heaven. So how's your light? I mean, even young children sing this little light of mine. Are you letting your light shine? Is the person and purpose of Christ transforming you and affecting those around you? You know what dims our light? I'm sure there are a lot of things, a couple things come to mind. Isolation dims our light. 
Sometimes we Christians isolate ourselves from the world when Jesus wants us to illuminate it. He who is the light of the world wants to shine through you. Through you and you and you and you. He wants to shine through me. He wants to shine through our homes into our neighborhood. So yesterday, you know, we're moving. Yesterday I drive by the new house and our neighbors are out there and I just pull over and I say, Wayne, I'm going to be moving right next door in two weeks. Just wanted to say hi. Glad to be your neighbor. I'll be a good neighbor. I told him that. I said, I'll be a good neighbor, I promise. He wants to shine through our church into this neighborhood. He wants to shine through our lives into the lives of those around us. But isolation from the world and fear of the world, it's like a bushel over the light. It's like a basket over the light. It dims the light. You know what else? You know what else dims our light? Subtle compromise in our walk with Jesus. I mean, certainly blatant sin dims our light, right? We know that. But subtle compromise. Has, an, has a really just an amazing dimming effect. It's like laundry. You ever mix your lights and darks? And sometimes there's just not enough for two loads. So you throw it all together into one load, and what happens? Well, usually the lights come out just a little less light. Now, here's the, th here's the thing about compromise is when you just pull it out and look at it by itself, the shirt, it appears white until you put it next to something that's white. And then it appears very, very dull. So the order is important, right? We must walk in Christ first if we're to effectively shine forth Christ. Because only those whose torches have been set aflame by the light of Christ can be lights in this present darkness. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light.
of life. What a claim. What a promise. Beloved, because Christ has come into our world, we need not fear the dark of death, but rather follow the light of life. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time. These are holy moments. We know that. Thank you for being here among us. Thank you for speaking to us. Continue to speak to us even throughout our day. I pray, Lord, I pray for us that we would not be too quick to just go about our day. That we would really contemplate these things, contemplate this claim of Christ, contemplate this promise, and contemplate our relation to the light. Really take inventory of our lives, perhaps, and ask ourselves if we're living in the light of life, if we're following Him, who is the light of the world. Make Jesus to be very, very... What do I want to say here, Lord? Just... um, Lord, we don't need to make Jesus to be anything. Lord, make us to be more and more receptive and responsive to the light of Christ. And so that's our prayer this morning. We trust you with it. Thank you for being here. In his name, amen.